Hey, what's up? I'm Dave. Hey, I'm Mary, and you're listening to yet another episode of Impress Me With Music. Can you believe we're still doing this podcast, Dave? I mean, you probably shouldn't introduce it that way. It makes it sound like, like we're wasting oh, people's no, time. Oh, no, I love it. I love it. Do you want to restart it? Hey, I'm Mary. Hey, I'm Dave. And we are excited to bring you another episode of Impress Me With Music. With us today, we have a very special guest. A uh, good friend and fellow comedian, Matthias Mutual. What's up? Hi, everybody. It's wonderful to be here. Uh, rest in peace, Aretha Franklin. Man, this is a sad week. I mean, yeah, she's all right. Oh, man, she's more than all right. Nah, yeah, she's, she's good. No, she's more than all right, babe. I know she's good. I'm just... Yeah, what the fuck, babe? I like to be that contrarian <laughs> dick, you know? Don't be a contrarian about Aretha Franklin. You, know, you can be contrarian. The queen of soul. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I, now there's a new queen, Lady Gaga. No, <laughs> man, you could be, be contrarian about like XX Tentacion, but not Aretha Franklin. All right. Wait, 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 wait. How is Dave contrarian to XX Tent? How do you say it? I, I, I'm not sure how to say his name. I, I, I just, I just call him X. Sure. So are she's you from Detroit? Yeah, she's, she's from Detroit. Detroit. She, she's from Detroit, and she was real into Detroit. She moved back. She lived in Beverly Hills, and then she was like. Fuck it, I want to live in squalor. And she returned to Detroit. Now, she obviously lived in a very affluent suburb of Detroit. But, uh, yeah, she's uh, hometown. Well, the song's about to end, so we got to say, um, uh, and now a word from our sponsors. You stumble across a very intelligent podcast listener. What do you do? Uh, I ask if they've ever heard of desks and day jobs. Roll for insight. Oh, they haven't, and they yes. want to know more. I tell them Desks and Day Jobs is a D&D podcast that takes the humdrum life of four office workers and injects it with magic, adventure, and hilarious antics. All right, roll for perception. Yes. Oh, that's, uh, they're definitely interested. Uh, I grab their phones and subscribe them to Desks and Day Jobs on iTunes, SoundCloud, and the Machine Culture website. Roll for sleight of hand. Oh, it's a critical hit! Yeah. They're subscribed. Do they have a dog? Uh, can the dog listen to the podcast? Uh, yeah. Roll for animal handling, I guess. Well, that doesn't work. Uh, uh, but they're still interested in desks and day jobs. Yeah! Yeah! yeah. Desks and day jobs. Now part of the Machine Culture Collective. Huzzah. What's up, dudes? Hey, guys. I'm Tobes. I'm Jesse. And we're the host of Worst Contact, a show for aliens by humans, where we discussed every aspect of human life, such as death, life, juggalos, cats, LARPing, art, war, athleticism with world's greatest athlete, Action Ronnie Glibson. That's one of my favorite episodes. Hell yeah. Uh, we keep it fun, we keep it goof, we never script it, and we always have a good time. But don't bring the kids along, because we say naughty words. All on MachineCulture.com. Peace! And we're back. We are back, and we are Kylie. We are full on watching a Kylie Minogue music video that our good friend Matthias here suggested we watch. I love Kylie Minogue. 
And uh, this this is a video that was directed by uh, Michel Gondry. You know that guy? What did he do? He did something special. He's done some stuff. He, Eternal Sunshine, right? He directed Eternal Sunshine. He's done a bunch of other music videos. He kind of like uh, made a name for himself doing music videos. You'll notice at the end of the uh, chorus here, or at, the, or at the end of the bridge, the circle she's walking in is going to start all over, but everything's double. Ooh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Did you ever see the music video for uh, um, On My Block by Scarface? I, would you would you believe it? I have not. <laughs> it's a it's kind of like this same like the camera. There's no it's one shot. Yeah, but it's not nearly as uh, like layered. Yeah, and they take a couple of cheats, like somebody blows like a giant puff of smoke, you know, yeah. and then the, it picks up in a new place. You know, I think there's a cheat in here, but it's so subtle. I mean, well, and you know they cloned. Uh, Three Kylie Minogue's, which is pretty fucking impressive, you know. It's yeah, yeah. a lot of Kylie's. It's a think, lot of Kylie's. Do you think it goes by multiplicity rules where the fifth one's retarded? That's why they stop at four. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, all right, so uh, plugs. Oh, we don't say retarded, Dave. We say dum-dum poo-poo brain. Sorry. <laughs> a cuckoo, poo-poo, banana brain, dum-dum head. Yeah, be respectful, please. No, we say cuckoo banana brain. Um, Matthias, why don't you go with plugs first? Yeah. Oh, um, Matthias, what's your plug? Well, um, uh, like, uh, like my friends, I like to get on stage sometimes, so uh, I'll be making my debut at Comedians You Should Know on September 5th. A lot of my fans are uh, supporting me. A lot of my haters never wanted to see me there, but I'm going to be there confronting my haters and loving my lovers. Hell yeah. Very That's cool. all I got. Very cool. <laughs> Very cool. Um... Tuesday, uh, August 28th, I'll be at Zany's Rosemont's. But actually, this Sunday, Mary and I will be hosting Three Dead Moose together. So if you want to uh, see both of us in action. Yeah, see us both in action. Come give your hand at Stand Up Comedy. If you mention that you are trying it for the first, third, or 18th time after listening to an episode of Impressed Good Music, you bet your sweet, sweet ass we're going to bump you. Bump you into whatever spot you want. Bump, bump, bump. Because I'm old school, baby. I believe in the bump. The yeah. bump. We got to bring back the bump. The bump. Yeah. Because we finally earned the bump. Yeah. And exactly. Everyone agreed and, and now there's the, no more bump. Yeah, now, it's like, now we're in some sort of like democratic socialist thing where I it's like everyone's the same. I don't like to live in a post-bump world. <laughs> Yeah. My parents immigrated to America so that I could get the bump. Yeah, that's true. They're like, we want daughter to have bump. <laughs> if one thing, I, da, the grandfather died in gulag so my daughter could have bump. All right, that's actually um, really, really offensive. I get, was that a Russian accent? I don't know I what don't that know. was. That was, that was Mexican. Uh, um, um, do me it hurt, hurt a lot of people. Um, go ahead and uh, uh, give us a five star review on iTunes. Um, you didn't let me do my plugs. Oh, do your plugs. Um, so coming up on Sunday, Dave and I are going to be hosting three dead moves. Sometime at the end of September. For some reason or other, Martin Felschman booked both of us again to do the Cupcake oh. Comedy Cabaret. That's a great yeah, gallery. Johnny cabaret. and June. That's Johnny us. Johnny and June, baby. I don't know. I'm gonna re- I'm gonna request cupcakes. So comment on your favorite cupcake flavor. I'll tell 
Martin Felschman to make it, even if it's poo-poo banana brain cupcake <laughs> flavor. That's my favorite. Yeah, psilocybin is yeah. my cupcake flavor. Oh, what's going Ooh, on what's here? what's that? It's the There's a disturbance in the force. Yeah, yeah you know you know who hates uh, planes flying overhead, we learned this weekend? Our daughter. She's uh, not a big fan of planes. Yeah. yeah. But Ooh. she does love trains and automobiles. Oh, dear. Well, I hope she doesn't like trains because, uh, well, never mind. We're Dave, gonna... what are you, transphobic? Come on, <laughs> Come on Dave. Choo-choo, um, Call me transphobic, but I think that all the choo-choos should stay at the choo-choo station. <laughs> Isn't it fun oh, just swapping man. out words and it's still kind of hateful? Stop pretending yeah. to be a car. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, let's see, what else? Uh, yeah, I mean... Like our Facebook page, whatever. Uh, no more plugs. I'm out of plugs. No more plugs. Yeah. Uh, so the Queen of Soul, Aretha yeah. Franklin, is dead. Now, I was thinking about this on the way over here. Uh, Aretha Franklin, who else could you even compare? She, like, she's, she's in a total plane by herself, I think. I mean, she. There are other people I think that, like, like skill wise, like we saw Shaka Khan, and I thought she was really good. But her name doesn't ring out like Aretha Franklin. You say Aretha, Aretha Franklin. Right. Everyone knows who you're talking about. The first Aretha Franklin song I ever heard was when I was 12 years old. And uh, my family had taken us out to see the uh, movie Michael. Oh, and that where um, he, the angel, um, who is it? What's Travolta. It? Travolta. And he put on weight for the role. And this was like the, the explosion of Travolta because he had that Pulp Fiction. Mm. And then he's doing shit like Phenomenon. Michael and uh, the, the face-off. The first time I heard an Aretha Franklin's uh, song was uh, Chain of Fools in a fucking John Travolta movie. Really? So it's, you know, you, you can never uh, decide how you're going to get influenced by this stuff in life. You never know what's coming. Dude, I, I think the planes are literally causing the microphones to God short out. Damn, I really, I think so too. I think we're having a plane <laughs> problem. <laughs> Someone's got to shoot them down. If we were uh, at, on the Alex Jones show, we'd be talking about how the government's trying to destroy us right now. I think yeah, Travolta's probably. pissed off at me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. He flies. He flies. He's up there, baby. Well, no, I mean, he's being held right now over uh, by the by the Scientologists. Those kookadoodles are keeping him. Uh, <laughs> Those banana prints. are keeping him under tight lock. It's a tight <laughs> ship they run. Um, They're like, you can only do bad movies from now on, Johnny. <laughs> So here's a weird thing. This is kind of a weird thing, but Stevie Wonder went to go visit Aretha Franklin when she was on her deathbed, and um, he said that she couldn't speak. And like the end of her life, she lost her voice, um, which on the one hand is sort of like a weird metaphor because she's a, a singer, you know, and it's the end of her life. She loses her voice. But on the other hand, Stevie Wonder, a blind guy, went there to see her, and I was really sure that he was talking to Aretha Franklin. Like, how do we know? That whole story was so you could say Stevie Wonder went to go see her. I feel blind from that scene. The the order, the orderly is like looking at. He's like, is that Stevie Wonder talking to a a, a bucket? <laughs> don't don't tell him. Don't tell him. No one questions. She passed Wonder. three days ago. Don't tell Stevie. She, uh, I mean. She did an amazing job being part of musical canon for 
I mean, how many decades? De- five Since decades. Since the 40s or 50s? Yeah, yeah, I mean, she and she's managed to reinvent herself in some way, and her music's lived on in samples, and, and it, it, I mean, everybody... I fucking sampled that song we played. Think I when I when I was trying to make music, I sampled that. Like that's that's a fucking jam. And she's she's been doing you know music that empowers for a really long time. I mean, tell me R E S P E C T is not spell it right. R E S P E C T. Did you say E or A? I said R E S P E C T. I'm deaf also. <laughs> All right. Well, that, you, you Stevie and Aretha. Yeah, yeah, you Stevie and Aretha. We were banding together. Our, our, our real triumvirate. Yeah. So. Dave just lumps himself into two people. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, let me. It's just the three of us. Yeah. <laughs> you, Stevie, Aretha, and I. I think uh, Aretha Franklin represents like a, a music that's so distinctly American. Like if I if I was uh, put on task like uh, present music that is. The best of American music, Aretha Franklin would be included for sure. Oh yeah, and I mean like the story of like how that music gets made is like so it is so uniquely American because you can literally look at like you know she was like born in the South and moves up to Detroit during the Great Migration and you you know all those people like uh, brought their music with them from the South you know what I mean and a lot of like Black Southern music. You know, like there, I saw some interview with Muddy Waters where he's like, he's like, I just repurposed slave songs, basically. Man. Okay, so what is what is possibly more American than that? That's mm-hmm. like all of the shitty parts of America, and then you put it into one person, and just a beautiful things come out of her mouth. Do you know what I mean? And for almost the better part of a century, you know, like yeah. it, it's crazy to think that when she started making music. It was the it was like 1960 about like when she started and like there was, I mean just think about like where the country was at at 1960. You know what I mean? Like think about and then think about where it is now when she died. So to be able to like stay on top and relevant during that period of time. Yeah. I mean, there's she's in a group like more people have walked on the moon than have been relevant in music for five decades. Yeah, that's totally true. I mean, it, it, she's. She's Elvis, you know? There's, right. There's Elvis, there's Aretha Franklin. I, don't know I think else. she's even beats out Elvis, though, because I really can't tell you too much Elvis stuff other than that Hound Dog song. No, Elvis has got some good shit. Well, if you, if you are also quintessentially American, but one thing we talk about a lot on this podcast is I don't have the same frame of reference mm. for music that like other people do because my parents didn't grow up in this country, so only some bits and pieces of, like, even American music made it into, makes it into my own kind of childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, sad though, you know, I don't think she was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and pretty much it wasn't brought that she was kind of on her deathbed until I think it leaked that she was in hospice. Mm-hmm. And that's a super bummer, um, super painful, very low likelihood of survival mm-hmm. from that type of cancer. So I think people are talking also about. The fact that it's actually been, uh, there's more cases diagnosed of it than ever have been before that we're actually on the rise, mm. that it's going to be like one of the leading cancers. Not to be a bummer here, but I don't know. Donate some money to. Well, I mean, uh, whatever you got, pancreatic yeah. cancer. Think about it. Know it. Yeah. So here's a, a kind of an interesting thing about her. I don't know how how much you you guys uh, like think about like that Malcolm Gladwell like. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, the, people's history of the 
No, no, no. That's that's Howard Zinn. Uh, what, what about that pseudoscientist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, there's this idea about being in the right place at the right time. And so Aretha Franklin's mom died when she was 10 years old. And when she died, Aretha Franklin basically had to follow her dad around everywhere. And her dad happened to be a very um, important figure in um, the uh, church side of the civil rights movement in Detroit. So literally everybody who was anybody that was involved in civil rights came through that church. Mm -hmm. And Aretha Franklin sang in the church choir. Oh, my God. So Sam Cooke heard her sing. Um, Malcolm, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King. Um, I was looking at... All these other people where it's like uh, Jackie Wilson, um, let's see here, James Cleveland, um, all these like bands, like all these musicians. Uh, Man, picture you seeing like a teenage Aretha Franklin, like just belting it out. Right. I mean, she was so fucking good that she dropped out of school when she was a sophomore. Yeah. Like enough, she had enough music industry interest in her when she was 16 years old. Yeah. And she was a mother of two by then. Oh, I didn't even know. That's insane. Um, yeah, she, she had her first kid when she was like 12 or 13 or something like that. Oh, my God. And then she had another kid uh, when she was 14. That is crazy. Yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah, so, wow. So, yeah, so she, she's a mom at 12 or 13 years old, and then she goes on to become like Mount Rushmore of American music. Yeah. I did not know that. Mm. That's yeah, that's wild. crazy. Yeah, she had two kids by the time she was 15. Yeah. I mean, we would... I don't know. I mean, we're struggling right now, and I'm 31. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. All right, Dave, let's make that second kid now. Let's get this over with. You guys got to catch up. Yeah, we got to get you for Stevie. Yeah, <laughs> well, Stevie's got to stab Dave in the ears, though, first. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know too much about Stevie Wonder's uh, personal life, um, but I'm going to go on a limb here and guess that he's one of those people that has, like, 11 kids. Because <laughs> usually people... Like, a man that's been in music that long has uh-huh. been married a dozen times. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, like, uh, let, let's let's say that's fact. And you guys want to take a bet? No. Well, yeah, yeah. I'll take a bet. I say he has fewer than 11 kids. All right. Wait, no. I want to I wanna answer it. Well, I bet you, you, Stevie Wonder, has three kids. He has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. This is not looking good for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. He has nine children by five different women. See, well, okay. You almost got it right on the. I mean, I gotta give you credit there. That was a, that was pretty near the right. Cut, but you 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 get the technicality. You're technically right. How am I technically right? Well, you said less than eleven. Jeez, yeah. I mean, Price is Right rules. I guess I won. There. Sure. Um, okay, so um, yeah. we're gonna talk about Alex Cameron today. Oh my man! But before before we get into that, uh, what do we got for today in music, Mary? Ooh, we got some hot hot stuff in today in music. Play me a soundtrack for the for these these hot bits. Okay, so we're playing a new song. It's by uh, Alt J featuring Danny Brown. Ooh. Okay, turn down that soundtrack so I can talk over it. So. Okay, right. good. Oh, we're starting with the sweet sweet post World War II date. Of 1947, Margaret Truman, U.S. President Truman's daughter, gave her first public performance as a singer. The event was at the Hollywood Bowl and had an audience of 15,000. Jesus You didn't deserve that, Margaret. 62, John (laughs) Lennon married Cynthia Powell at the Mount Pleasant Registry Office in Liverpool, England. They were divorced on November 8th, 1968. (laughs) Boo-hoo. You're not Yoko, Cynthia. Get out of here. You know, for a guy that wrote a song about, you know, sticking it out and 
going with it. He's been divorced a bunch of times. Which song wow. was that? Hey Jude. Oh, just there you like, go. <laughs> take a sad song and make it better, Paul. Learn how to, learn how to fix this marriage. Yeah, seriously. For Christ's sake, he divorced a woman with one leg. Aw, man. Speaking of the Beatles, in 1968, Ringo Starr temporarily quit the Beatles. Uh, well, good that he didn't quit it permanently. Otherwise, he wouldn't have made all that cash, money, cha-ching-ching. Well, isn't it weird? Last week, our thing was about Pete Best quitting the, or getting kicked out of the Beatles. And then this week, many years later, Ringo Starr tries to quit the Beatles. Uh-oh, Ringo, you stay. You get back in there. You go back to practice, Ringo. Take a sad song and make it better. Oh, man. <laughs> like, excuse me while I divorced this broad. <laughs> yeah, excuse me while the air and water show something about smoke signals. What are they? What's Alex Jones always yelling about? Chemtrails. Chemtrails. Smoke signals. Smoke signals. And the goddamn Indians <laughs> the teepees are on the horizon. They're putting smoke in the teepees trying to make the teepees gay. But, I know what that smoke means. All right, 1983, the Los Angeles Police Department formally announced that Michael Jackson was the subject of a criminal investigation. Come on, Michael. All right. In 1993, Natalie Merchant, former lead singer of 10,000 Maniacs, became the first guest in a series of live chats on Electra Entertainment Group's worldwide website. I thought you were going to say Chatterbait. I'm really glad it was... Well, it was 95, so that's pre-Chatterbait, but, you know, just in time, she, she was one of the first to hit the web. Now, go on Chat Roulette, see if she's still there. Who knows? Yeah, she, right. she quit 10,000 Maniacs to go talk to 100,000 Maniacs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. In 1998, Scary Spice, aka Melanie Brown, the Spice Girls announced that she was pregnant. Oh. And two. Wait, did she have? Oh no, no, never mind. I was just gonna say that. And I think Eddie Murphy was with uh, Pop, not Posh. So that's one made to back guy. Yeah. This is late. Was there a guy Spice? Uh, no. no. I'm gonna finish this now. Okay. This is the Berry Spice. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it was Berry Spice. Larry was that Spice. Was anybody laughing? Right. <laughs> Don't wake up our kid. Madonna began her sticky and sweet tour. When the tour ended, it was the highest grossing tour on record. That was 2008. Nice. Not bad. All right, and that's all for today in music. What do you guys think of this beat, real quick? Everybody spits on the same like this. <laughs> <laughs> But I won't. <laughs> well, just the, just the time. Just want to ever know that I could. I believe you. Thank you. Um, so um, Mary wanted to do a first listen. Wonderful. Uh, Proto Martyr. I went to high school with the lead singer of this band. Uh, that makes you cool, Dave. Yeah, like uh, which one of these uh, expulsion tours was this? Uh, your first school, your fifth school? This this is my last school. This is the one I I, I almost got expelled from this school in junior year. <laughs> this for, this is Catholic, but I did not. This is the Catholic school Dave went to, but we don't talk about Catholicism on the pod anymore. Okay, yeah. Things Mom's are getting word. things are no good in the church. Well, let's just say if you say yins, yins aren't Catholic right now. So what's the name of this band again? <laughs> Proto-Martyr. Uh, Proto-Martyr. This, uh, uh, martyr. We Catholic. don't... <laughs> yeah. 
We don't do uh, a lot of alternative or non-hip-hop rap R&B music on the podcast, but Proto Martyr is one of my favorite bands. They're great to see live. They sound even better. And I saw that this is on release radar. It's Proto Martyr and some other band. What's that other band? Name? Spray Paint, I believe. I don't fucking know who Spray Paint is. This is Bad <laughs> Actually, it's weird. We've only played Detroit artists so far. Aretha Franklin, Danny Brown, Proto Motor. It's a Detroit episode. Who's spray paint? I'm I like... Don't know spray paint is. I don't know. Matthias, you're the guest. What do you think of this? Uh, I, I, like I said, don't tap. Nah, I usually don't. I go out of my way to listen to that. Um, but I, I guess this is more like a funk or something or other. It's not even really a pop punk. I don't know. It's like garage punk. Garage punk. I like it more than most stuff. It's a little, uh, it's a little redundant, but it's a, it's a fun track. Reminds me of the hives, you know? Yeah. Um, it makes me think of, ah, uh, man. Uh, the dirt, do you know the Dirty Rotten Imbeciles? You ever guys ever listen to them? DRI? They're old band from like the 70s or something. Oh, really? I don't know. This is kind of like what they sound like. I'm kind of digging this part right here. Here, let's turn it up for a second. The breakdown. I feel like I'm playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Ooh. Yeah, this is is definitely made for a video game soundtrack. It's like a punk Interpol almost. Yeah, that's why I like it so much. Oh, there we go. The plane's flying over it. Yeah, I like. I think it's. I like this, and all I can find about spray paint is they're a band from Austin, Texas, and they use a uh, bookshelf as their uh, logo. Hey. Hey, good for them. Intellectual. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah I, think, I think this is actually intellect rock. Yeah. Intellect rock. I like that. All right. So uh, while we're listening to the rest of the song, tell me a little. Tell me a little bit about Alex Cameron. Well, we're gonna go from uh, intellect rock to uh, sleaze pop. That's uh, somebody came up with that term to describe Alex Cameron. He's an Australian dude. I think he put out his first record in 2013. Um, so he's been around for a little while. Um, I just found out about him three weeks ago. So I'm definitely still in the honeymoon phase. Uh, my buddy Mikey Goldberg turned me on to him. Shout out, Mikey. Um, yeah, and Mike- I've just been listening to the album nonstop the last. 21 days. And this this is Forced Witness? Yeah, so he's got another album out called Jumpin' the Shark. So he, he he started out his career kind of like as a concept album. Uh, this guy putting out an album after his career 
kind of rose and fell. Right. Um, so he started off doing a, this kind of character dude. And um, Jump the Shark, it's, 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 um, yeah, it's, it's alright as an album, but Forced Witness, um, it, there's more production in it. Uh, there's more collaboration. Brendan Flowers, that dude from The Killers. Yeah. He's got his fingerprints all over the we're album. We talking about that guy. Um, the saxophone player. Um, the, the Art Sleaze. Art Sleaze. Uh, yeah, Sleaze Pop. Um, you know, I think it's safe to say that the, the first song on the album, Candy May, uh, kind of gives you an idea of what he's all about. All right, so let's check that out. Let's do it. So, whenever we run into this situation, we just try to wait till the words come down. It's Here we go. I think I'm dying. Yeah, cause I'm frail and I'm tired and I constantly complain about the pain I'm in. Part of it, and most of the lyrics all over the album uh, represent uh, some kind of narrator who's degenerate in some fashion or another. But he, he's a poetic degenerate, you know, kind of like a Charles Bukowski, but uh, with a synth '80s uh, sure. pop sensibility. And I mean, I feel like, and not to broad brush an entire country here, but I feel like that's about as deep as Australians can go. You know what I mean? <laughs> You know what I mean? They're like, all right, right, mate. Yeah, it's getting me numb, wallet. I think what you're saying, Dave, is they're superficial, dumb people, and uh, this is the best that they can do. Well, no, this is very good, but what it is is, is like, um, where's the, you know, I've, I've never heard like an Australian, um, someone be like, you got to check out this Australian author. This is like you know? Australian uh, Ariel Pink to me. It makes me think of the national a little bit. Right? Uh, I, uh, yeah. Well, like a more section, like national, but they're singing about sex, or or it's more personal even. The national's kind of goofy. They're just like, and there's a little bit of goofy to uh, Alex Cameron, no doubt. But it's like a, it's this goofy of a, a loserish guy that you, you know he's a bad dude, but you can relate to him. 
and sure. it's funky as hell. We're all bad dudes from time to time. Alright, let's pull back a little bit because they're about to introduce the saxophone. Bill Clinton's playing the saxophone on this song. Jemima Kirkie? <laughs> Alex Cameron or Bill Clinton? Roy <laughs> Malloy on the saxophone. Yeah, I could see that. Roy Malloy Clinton? Right. <laughs> that was his brother that he pardoned for cocaine possession. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. Bill Clinton's brother. Whoa, he had a really good Roger Clinton. Roger Clinton. Was it Raj? Can you Raj? Raj. Listen, my brother Raj. He didn't mean to. Dude, if I was the brother of the president of the United States, you fun? know that I have cocaine on me all the goddamn yeah. time. You know he's like busting out lines at the bar. He goes, yeah, goddammit, I'm the president's brother. <laughs> What's the worst thing could happen? It's the most human reaction possible. Well, right, because how many times? How many times did he just like get out of that? Dude, yeah, like DWIs and cocaine possession. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was a running gag. Right. It's finally they were like, we gotta actually arrest you this you time. You know, Roger Clinton is kind of like if Alice Cameron was describing a person in song form. Ah. And you'll see more what I mean uh, when we get to other songs. So right, let's hit the next. Uh... So this is a little more emphatic. This is uh, running out of luck, and this is a little poppier. Uh, enjoy. Stripper out of luck, and we're good in the back seat, but we're better up front. And there's blood on my neck, knuckles, because there's money in the trunk. Keep running out of luck. Keep running out of luck. Do, do you know what this actually makes me think of? Do you remember that video game? Um, it was Grand Theft Auto Vice City, where it's like set in the 80s in Miami. Where it's like, yeah, remember how actually trashy the 80s were? Like, that's yeah. kind of what that was like. And that's what this makes me think of. Yes. Yes, he, he embraces the, the, what do you say, that zeitgeist or whatever, that, just that, the sleaze of it, but it's so poppy and catchy, and a lyric like, uh, you know, uh, we're going to the backseat, but we're better up front, it's just clever enough, you know? Right. It's kind of dumb, but kind of makes sense, too. I like the first track more. I like this lyrically. Mm-hmm. I like this better than the first one. This, 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 into like some pop tropes I'm like less impressed with I don't know how to 
Dude, the, the sax on Candy Mae, and, and that's when I got hooked. And um, I can't remember if there's a saxophone solo in this song, but there's a saxophone solo in most of the songs on this album, which is something I really enjoy. Well, I don't know. Who's that Australian director? What's that dude? Um, the guy that made, uh, um, you know, The Great Gatsby and like uh, Moulin Rouge. Oh, uh, Danny Boyle. Baz Luhrmann. Baz Luhrmann. What did you say? Danny Boyle. Danny Boyle. <laughs> But, I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, someone's teaching me how to grow up, how to be an adult. Shout out Andy Boyle. I am. Um, we're not even gonna have. Um, I, I was just gonna say that Baz Luhrmann and uh, some other Australian. I was reading an interview with. It's, they both have said how they're like they have this obsession with the American pop culture that they grew up with. Mm. That Australia was really behind the times, I guess, at that in terms of media back then, and so and actually, if you look through like um, Australian like musical charts and shit like that back then, you'll see there's a lot of Australian bands that were doing well, and now mm-hmm. it's mostly like the same international shit that we had, yeah, yeah, man. right? And so it's kind of like um, nice I, saxophone outro there by Roger Clinton. Oh. <laughs> Roy Malloy, don't want to disrespect the saxophone. He's um, Roy Malloy is uh, uh, Alex Cameron's uh, quote unquote business partner too, and it's, it's part of the whole uh, character that he's making that these two guys are business partners. What uh, is their business? Making funky ass beats, my friend. And business is good. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, this next track uh, bears the name of the first uh, R-rated movie I saw. Go on. Um, it had one Arnold Schwarzenegger and one Jamie Lee Curtis. Ooh, I think I know the one. Mary, you want to take a guess? What's the name of that? No. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis, I believe, strips uh, down to her underwear in this movie, if I'm not mistaken. B&Ps. <sighs> no idea. True Lies. True Lies. True Lies. Uh, quick shout out to our buddy Bobby out there. When he saw this title, he's like, does he just make songs with movie titles in it? Wait, wait, is Candy Man a movie? Yeah, it's not the horror movie. Yeah. It's Candy Man. Oh, yeah. What sure. about Running Out of Luck? Could be a movie. Let's listen to this You know, um, I think of like a Wheeler Walker Jr. You know, it's like a, sure. a funny Western guy. And there's a temptation to compare someone like Alex Cameron's like, you know, he's like a, he's a funny uh, musician. Right, and it's a persona. It's a persona, and his lyrics do make me laugh. 
But I don't think you can put him in the same category as like those guys. Yeah, I don't know. Because Australians aren't as funny as Americans, well, yeah, as we've learned to establish that there's some people. I'm kidding, go ahead. Uh, but I, I, I have here this description in the song. Cameron asks whether it's better to fill his relationship with beautiful lies and keep his significant other happy rather than be honest and devastate them with the ugly truth. The track deals with willful ignorance and how to some people making up a false reality can be comforting. So uh, yesterday someone was uh, talking to me about um, how they just called off their wedding. Their wedding was supposed to happen um, this month and they called it off. For basically the same reason. Wow. Because they felt like it was like a dishonest relationship. Well, there you go. That and that's a fucking Alex Cameron song right there. Like, you know? Well, that's why it's better than Wheeler Walker. Because there's a real lesson. There's no real lesson in sucking ass and <laughs> dick or whatever the fuck is called. I do love. Uh, I do love the opening uh, verse. Yeah. 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 Well, it's hard being a liar. I don't suppose I don't know who's supposed to be on my mind. I love my little darling, but I also love these women online. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was great. Oh, that's great. In the second verse, he admitted that uh, the person sending the picture might be just some Nigerian guy. Yeah, yeah. There's this woman on the internet, even if she's some Nigerian guy. Yeah, well, you wow. can read the poetry. He speaks to me. I don't care if they're just beautiful eyes. And when they do the outro. You got the backup singers just singing beautiful, beautiful eyes. And then it gets a beautiful Nigerian eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's See? silly. Right. But it's it, 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 it sounds good. That's great. It's emotionally moving while also silly. Because this this track particularly, I think, can hits some level of like a modern relationship that everyone's experienced at some point. Totally. Yeah. And I think that's why it's interesting because I, I keep coming back to how it sounds like 80s music, but like picture 80s music with like the internet as a theme. And he sings about the internet all the time in these songs, which makes sense because the internet is 90% of our lives anyways. Yeah. Um, and it and it's, you know what? Like we, we were watching uh, Eighth Grade. We, we, we saw that movie and, and I was thinking about, you know, at this point in time, if you're going to make something that's about relationships or dating and you don't include the internet, it's dishonest. It's dishonest. Yeah. It's not, no verisimilitude as we learned. In that I mean, we, class. we met our significant others in real life. We did. But we're the, almost the exception at this point. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. we're like the final frontier of meeting people in the, in the real world mm-hmm. although I friended you on Facebook yeah like a yeah. creep I asked Robin yeah. out over messenger Ooh. but we all met in real life we, yeah. we met in real life so, I mean I know. solidified my relationship with Dave through the use of Facebook stickers though um, that is true there are so many cool Facebook stickers yeah there's one where it's a guy in a suit, but he's got a fish head. I'm yeah, a big fan of that one. Like that, one. <laughs> that guy, Bus- hilarious. I love, yeah. I love business fish. Business fish. Oh, man. All right, so we got one more Alex Cameron song, Politics of Love. Oh, and th- so this is the last song on the album, and uh, it-, it puts a nice little bow on the whole album. It's uh, this oddly motivational, inspirational song about how uh, if we worried less about uh, what divides us, and if we... Uh, let our actions be decided by love, then uh, things would work out a little better. That's just my take, but listening audience, you decide.
actually pretty deep. There's like a lot to unpack here. There in the you song. go. Um, so I guess the first thing is he references a Hieronymus Bosch painting in the first verse. Yeah. I'm an earthly delight. Yeah. Um, which is uh, painting. It's like one of those old Renaissance paintings where they got like uh, earth and heaven. Right? Yeah, yeah. And it's it's one of those. It's like, yeah, a, like a three panel. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's naked. Oh, no, no, no. They're all naked. They're Hell yeah. Naked. Oh, it's paradise. Yeah. It's Adam and Eve meeting each other for the first time, apparently. Um, was that before they, uh, Adam and Steve met? Yes. That's <laughs> that was before Adam, Adam and Steve met in the third panel. Was the thing, <laughs> actually. Um, you know, um, and then uh, he just compares himself to a bunch of different birds in the chorus, which is kind of No, he's not compared. He says... Uh, um, you could be a raven or a dove, so you could be of a violent disposition or a peaceful. Um, you can come in on an eagle or coming on a rug. You know, the eagle with the U.S. and the rug you know, is typically associated with the Middle East and, and their tradition of storytelling. Uh, and I think the thousand and one nights. There's no, uh, there's, uh, no politics of, uh, what am I saying? No politics and love. I really lost the thread there uh, a minute ago. Well, to go to Bobby Condon's point, politics of love is a movie. Oh, no shit, is it? Yeah, so... I didn't see it, but... Um, yeah, this is good. I like this. And I feel like if the best way to listen to this is if you could get, like, an old pink, like, Corvette... Mm. And be driving like up like the Biscayne Boulevard mm-hmm. with your uh, uh, your blazer rolled up uh, yes. halfway up your forearms. Yeah, and just kilos of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> I think that all helps. I think it's uh, good to listen to if uh, you're just going on your way to work or uh, you're at the gym. It's or along with a pile of cocaine. It definitely has that vibe of like uh, It's like that the chugging along beat It's like, you know, I could see you listening to this at the gym, you know Yeah Oh, me and uh, my fiance, Robin Shout out Robin I, We listen to it when we go on the bike On bike trails oh. I have to pause it a bunch Because I, in, in some of the other songs When he gets to uh, today He says pussy a lot And I've never heard an artist use the word pussy so much on an album riding our bikes and bleep it real quick I figured I learned that you had to do that uh, with uh, I would walk Sophie around uh, and I would put the Bluetooth speaker underneath her uh, stroller because she'll fall asleep if rap music's playing but um then like we walked by like a daycare uh, that was going inside a bunch of kids holding onto a rope and just vol- I don't remember specifically what vulgarity was being blared at the moment but I was like, 
I, I can't do this anymore. All right, well, now I've lost one privilege. <laughs> you know? But that's good of you. Most people wouldn't give it you up. You gained another, the privilege to be a father. Oh. oh. That's true. Psych! <laughs> <laughs> what? Is there something I don't know? <laughs> no, um, it's not a privilege. Married with the long con. Yeah, Jesus. Um, okay, so... The baby's daddy is... <laughs> <laughs> Dave Metz. So, any, um, Mary, what was your favorite song out of these four? Uh, I'm silly watching this and I just killed Die underneath my water cup. Um, my favorite song was definitely True Lies. Hmm. I'm gonna pick True Lies. FTW for the win. Although I used to think that that meant fuck the world. Me too. Me too, yeah. I didn't actually realize that it meant. For the win. Uh, yeah. Well, these pe- these kids don't understand you don't put, like, articles in your abbreviations. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's yeah. Sad. These young kids like my wife. <laughs> well, I only... Oh, okay. Goodbye. Um, I actually think True Lies is my favorite one as well, although um, I will say this. Of the four songs, the one I liked the least was Candy May, and it's not that I didn't like it. It's that I didn't like it to the end when I figured out what was going on. Do you know what I mean? And I, I think that's um, a, a good thing to mention for all the listeners out there who might want to listen to Alex Cameron. Give it a couple of listens. There's there's a lot of depth there you might not catch on the first go. I actually liked Running Out of Luck the least. Really? I liked Running Out of Luck. I'm surprised. I liked Candy May. I liked True Lies. I liked Politics. True Lies definitely my favorite. All right. <laughs> All right, Cardi B. Uh, Matthias, do you have uh, one of these that is your favorite? Candy May is my favorite. Uh, so when when uh, our buddy Mike said, uh, hey, check out this Alice Cameron guy. Let me know what you think about it. Uh, and then uh, he went away. And halfway through Candy May, I said, hey, Mike, I'm in. I'm, in. I, I'm totally into it. So that song grabbed me right away. Um, oh. there's, I, I like the whole album, oh. to be honest. Like, like, like the album. Give it a listen. Check out Alex Cameron. Mm-hmm. Listen to Aretha Forced. Franklin every day. What was Play the name of the album? Kids. Forced Witness. What does that mean? Does he ever like go into the name for like what that means? I don't know. What does it mean to know. you? To me, it sounds like you're in the witness protection program. Okay. Even. Forced witness? Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Uh, maybe it's a... Uh, yeah. You're forced witness to life. We're all forced witnesses. Yeah, We're man. all forced witnesses. Well, he, he seems to use love in this. It's actually kind of... I kind of like it. It's it's like this blunt instrument. You know, like it's... He's lampooning all of... Like, if you think back to all those old songs where there's love, love, my love. That, you know what I mean? And it, it doesn't really mean anything when the reality is love is like the most important human emotion... And just to use it like so, like bluntly, like this, it's it, it's it's interesting. It's, yeah. And so to be a force witness, it's kind of like, yeah, you're gonna hear my take, my sort of bastardization of uh, your deep emotion that you have. Here's my take on it. You have to you have to witness it. And through a little bit of silliness and a little bit of saxophone, you'll be thinking about it on a deeper level than you were before. All right. Well, um, since Michael Jackson was uh, arrested by the Los Angeles Police Department, not what happened. Not what happened? That wasn't the story. An investigation. Oh, the investigation began. So um, I want to play. Michael Jackson had, I think, it was his last like true studio album. Came out in two thousand and one. He did release music after that, but it was he's a little far gone at that point. A wee bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Brian Crandall, this guy that I went to high school with. 
insists that this is a good song. His 2001 single. Hmm. So um, we're going to um, play it out. And uh, before we close out... This one's for you, Brian. This yeah. is for you, Brian. He's a, he's a Korean television producer, and I'm not... So is it Korean television, or he's Korean and he produces nah, television? He's, he's uh, as American as they come. He's an army brat, but uh, he uh, lives in Korea. He's like Aretha Franklin. Oh, is Chris Tucker? No. Don't, don't bring Aretha Franklin into this. I can get it. All right, jump on it. So this is... Okay, here we go. Uh... Go ahead and give our Facebook page a like. Uh, check out the Spotify playlist. Uh, if you go to the Machine Culture website, the Spotify playlist is right there embedded into it. And you can listen to all the songs we listened to today, as well as the ones we talked about. Um, check out Matthias Mutual. What's your Twitter handle? Yeah, my Twitter handle is uh, at Matthias Mutual. It's spelled exactly as it sounds. Um, I'm at Lake underscore Superior. Unless you live with your mom, in which case, leave her alone. She's sad enough for you. Maybe get out of the house for a couple hours. Yeah. Say, hey, mom, can I turn you? And just go ahead and sit in the Wendy's parking lot looking at your phone. That's what you were going to do anyways in your room. Just do it in the Wendy's parking lot for your mom. Do it for mom. Yeah, leave mom alone. All right. Bye. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture.